From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again for another episode of the Power Move. I'm your host, John Gafford. With me in the studio, not as always, but yeah, most of the time, I guess. We have him back for the for the day today. To my left, Colt. The Bulgarian mongoose. That's Emma it. Yeah, That's we're, it man. we're just sticking with that. You can't that. call him Green Bubble anymore. No, you can't. No. You got her the iPhone. You, you can't. Uh, I think it's God, just the mongoose. I know. I know. And with us as always, Chris the counselor. How are you, sir? How are you? Good. Welcome. Great, welcome. 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 So today we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But you know, man, I, here's the thing. Every time there's an economic downturn, if you will, like everybody has predicted, pre- pre- predicted we are going into, protected. Predicted, whatever. Predicted we're going into. It seems like a lot of new businesses are born. Everybody comes up with an idea. People lose jobs. People lose, uh, you know, what they're doing no longer works. So they want to open a business and what they start doing. And a lot of times people that open businesses, I mean, let's just face it, they fail. And I think a big reason they fail is because people just don't know what the hell they're doing. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about and review a book that I like. And a book that I dig, and I think um, you guys will get some get some much love out of it, which is the Personal MBA. It's a book by Josh Kaufman, and we actually have. If you didn't know this, Chris is actually an MBA. Yes, sir. So we can have that. So he's actually there. So I figure between the book, between me with the book, Connell with his high past education, <laughs> and you with whatever it is you bring to the table, Cole. shooting from the hip. Yeah, just yeah. shooting from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. I figure, look, you're going to get some decent information if you're ever thinking about starting a business, we can do that. But a couple things have come up, obviously, before we get into that. Um, man, I got back to Florida. I got back from Florida this week. Great trip uh, to Florida. My good friend, um, Kevin Griffin, got married. Uh, he is the lead singer of the band Better Than Ezra. And cool wedding, man. Lots of cool stuff. I mean, you know, I love that New Orleans crew. Um, I, I like seeing them. I like being around all those people. And it's one of the, it's the few crowds that I'm in that, that like my son reminds that maybe I might be all right. <laughs> you know, maybe I, maybe he might be right. Cool. Like we're, we're we're sitting on the beach, you know, because everybody's there. We're sitting on the beach, and you know, my son's doing that standard fourteen-year-old angst oh, pout, oh. you know, that we all know and what? love. The low energy thing, yeah, man. dude, just oh. sitting there under the umbrella, just staring into the abyss, pondering his life. And I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm bored." I'm like, "Oh, you're bored? Okay." And I was like, uh, "Hey, do you want to meet the GM of the Saints and the Pelicans? Because he's standing three feet from you." And he was like, what? And I go, yeah. Right. And uh, Mickey's, Mickey Loomis is a guy I've known for several years. And I was like, hey, Mickey, this is my son. He wanted to meet you. And I'm like, all right, buddy. I want to meet him. I know. I know, exactly. right? I'm I like, would I, appreciate it. I, I, least probably, yeah. I know. So I'm like, all right, buddy, what do you want to ask Mickey? And he was just kind of like, uh, duh. And I'm like. You guys are going to sign Zion yeah, to what a Supermax? Well, I, I, will tell you the fu- I will tell you the funny thing about that is I finally did get to talk to Mickey about something, which is funny. Um, I haven't seen him in, in probably a year and a half. It's been since I've seen him. And uh, many years ago, we were at a lunch in New Orleans. <clears throat> we are sitting there. And for those of you who didn't know, I love Florida State Seminole football as much as most people can, have, you know, can love a human baby. And when Jameis Winston was coming out of, of uh, college into the pros and got drafted number one, we were at lunch. And I asked Mickey, I said, hey, what do you think of Winston? 
what do you think of him? And Vicky's just like, I mean, I don't care if that guy is overrated. I think he's going to be a terrible pro. <laughs> and I, so I, I walked in, we're talking to Mickey and my son. I'm like, hey, Mickey, you know something I meant to ask you about? Uh, how about Jameis? And he just looks at me and started laughing. He's like, and I'm riding him now. I go, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and, and the cool thing was he did. He's still hurt though, right? I think. No, he'll, he's back. He's, he's full. Is he? Yeah, he's full OTAs. He didn't run it again. But, but the best part about it was is he goes, you know, hey, man, you never, you ever know how you, when you meet somebody and then they're, they're totally different than the concept you had of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, everybody that ever right. meets me has that. And, uh, and yeah, so he's like, no, he, the, the guy's amazing. He's a great leader, great in the locker room. Just, just amazing. amazing. Jameis. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. But they, I, I think New Orleans is going to have a, the problem is they have such a hangover from Drew Brees. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's, that's a tough, bunch of shoes to fill just as the way what NBC has hangover from hiring Drew Brees to do a uh, commentary. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, that, that that's true, and and, and I think and, and Peyton was there. Coach Peyton was there as well at this wedding. Yeah. Oh yeah. So talking about not having a care in the damn world, man. man. Sean, no, Sean Peyton was there. Oh, Sean Peyton. Sean, yeah. yeah he, no, oh, Sean Peyton. Yeah. No cares. I you saw Peyton Manning at a, no, 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 at a New no, Orleans no, event. No, too. no, I do. I do. We see Peyton on the route. He's always in the yeah, same place okay. we're riding Mardi Gras. But no, Sean had not a kid. Not a. Not, not a problem in the world with Coach Payton at all. Just just zero issue. Uh, but if we're going to talk about quarterbacks, man, I don't know if you guys saw this. One of my personal heroes retired over the week. Oh. Ryan Fitzpatrick, dude. Fitz do, you, do you even know who Fitzmagic is, Colt? Do you know that is? Yeah, Fitzmagic. I know who dude. he is. I love. As, I, a, as, a, as a fellow Harvard you know, student number yes, however. okay. <laughs> Got to have a lot of love for Fitz, yeah. Fitzmagic. No, dude, That's th- somebody that just kept their head down, didn't listen to what people did, and did his job. I hustled, man. He did, and he did it good. And mm. you know, at the end of seventeen years in the league, more passing yards than Troy Aikman. <laughs> you say he did it good. He did it often. <laughs> he did it often. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of it. And, and I think the best part about Fitzmagic was there was always that when he would come in, everybody on the, on the team that had him at the time, one of the the nine NFL teams over yeah, the years, absolutely. he would run on the fields, and you'd just be like, God. Jesus. Here yeah, we, go. we got a draft. Oh, God, here we go. And they would do like some amazing, yeah. ridiculousness. Yeah, half a dozen games yes. where you just call that Fitz Magic. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. The Fitz yeah, Magic. But he, he, is, he is, to me, the definition of grit. Oh, he is. Oh, great. I, I, think, I think he is almost. It's so funny how I feel like in sports right now, we are leaning more into the antiheroes, but the great ones. Like, you look like right now, I can't I can't go five minutes without seeing something about John Daly on golf. And I love that. Oh, what an absolute legend. <laughs> John Daly's a legend because of his behavior off the field. <laughs> yes. Fitzmagic is half a legend because the way he'll show up to a press conference and his work on a mic. Right. Yeah, no, without question. That guy's a legendary human being. Yes. So we want to see him be good at football. Yes, 100%. And I think, and I think, the, I, for me, I'm okay with that. I'd rather see larger than life personalities that can take mediocre talent and make it just fun. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say he, he probably extended his career good couple of you know oh years purely off of that. Off right? his personality, he's a locker room yeah. guy. Okay. Every single team he was at, like, loved so them. You don't loved have them. to be that talented. Here's a here's a business tip. Here's one of those business tips you don't find in the yeah. NBA books. You can have a teammate. very successful career and be terrible at your job. Yep. <laughs> if you have some intangibles. Well, I mean, yeah. look at positivity. Who, who's the guy on the Heat? Uh, Haslam. Yeah. He's still playing. Like they just pick him up and pay okay. minimum. Oh, oh, locker room guys. Are, are, are you guys watching the NBA? No, Is that but something we still do? I, that, I, yes. That guy oh, gets picked yes, up. Yeah. No, I don't watch the NBA. I watch but every he, game, dude. Oh, I, really? oh, yes, I tried to watch. I tried to watch the game that night with 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 Boston. That was and, a terrible game, dude. It is. 
shoot the three-pointer, mm-hmm. nobody rebounds, nobody plays defense, and it sucks. It, it's it's a it. shooting contest. It's, it's definitely a shooting contest, but the defense is insane. Draymond Green's out there tackling dudes. Well, he's, they're not, he that, that they're not throwing them out of the games. That dude's the worst. So what he, what he does is he gets that tech real early, so they go, well, we've already given him a tech. Yeah. You can't give him another one. <laughs> yeah. So he, he is a genius. He's the worst. How to just play tackle football on a basketball yeah. court. He's a he's a triple single player. That's what they said. No, they they had a they had a stat, I saw a stat line somewhere. Might have been Barstool because you know obviously Dave Portnoy hates that dude. Oh, yeah. and he had a stat line. It was like nine points, four rebounds, twenty seven tackles, yeah, twenty seven tackles, <laughs> two assists. That's what it said. Four the lead. What I mean, what do you guys feel about this golf stuff going down today? I think that oh, that oh, is that you is know what man, that's great. a great topic. Great, Colt, great at, topic. Colt is strong. That's great. Because putting yourself in those position i mean tiger d- doesn't need the money but i heard he turned down like a, almost a billion bucks yeah almost a billion it's all just saudi fund That's- yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about there is a renegade golf league coming out and it is funded like by the liv the liv it's it's funded by the saudi crown prince that apparently not apparently i mean chops up journalists chops up journalists including american citizens and uh, has be. no issue doing it um publicly executes uh, homosexuals women, I mean, just women raped, just yeah. yeah not good not good not human rights abuse not a good person. but let's, yeah. let's let me just jump of on. course that's terrible <laughs> of course <But> maybe maybe <laughs> no now liv is a roman numeral for 54 which is if you shot a birdie on every hole yeah so it's liv it's cool i think it's genius oh, marketing cool. i thought that's right. really smart okay how to use that the lettering okay live i don't know it just has yeah. this kind of up but, but it's definitely not live and let live but have we have we looked at <laughs> kind of how china has treated people and uh, yeah, that's, what, that's yeah. what I was I, I, I was going to say. If we're going to clutch our bad, pearls. Yeah, we're clutch bad, our pearls by yeah. human rights abuses, which I'm fine with. Clutch your pearls, but you can't. Like, why do you give Allow some things one. pass and some things not? Right? Like, yeah. how can you be a vegan and not understand that most grains that are farmed are killing ground nesting squirrels and all the birds and all right. the whatever? You're killing far more animals than you would be if you shot one cow. Yeah, right. killing thousands of animals in these big tillers are just destroying the habitats of all these places. But it sounds good because you you know clutching your pearls is only when it's so in your face. Sure. Yeah. So that's what I think is happening. Well, We're think, comfortable as long as there's a degree of separation. Well, if you hear somebody beat their wife, eh, but if you see it on video, oh, yeah. right, like yeah. the NFL has done Ray, that. Ray, Ray Rice is the bad guy, yeah. but yeah. Like Hunt yeah. and all these guys get a pass all these over guys, time because right? there was no video. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you've got. I mean, what they said, Dustin Johnson got paid one hundred and fifty million. Fifty yeah. million, and Tiger Woods lifetime earnings on the tour. Not 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 obviously with endorsements yeah, yeah. and everything this else, but just 40, his earnings 40s. on the tour, lifetime, $141 million. Yeah. So Dustin Johnson get, is getting paid more guaranteed day one than Woods has an entire yep. career. I mean, Woods is a billionaire from Nike. Oh, for well, sure. Well, that's all so, those golf guys. The bag, they got the yeah. bag from everywhere else. I think they know that they're not going to get sponsorships too, though. Yeah. It, 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 temporarily. Because the clutching your pearls crowd, will, think, and then a couple years from now, it'll be fine. Yeah, but here's, but here's my question. When's the last time you saw a bunch of protesters at a PGA Tour event? Zero times. How many times do you think you're going to see protesters at this thing? Uh, well, I don't I think, think it's going to be littered. Prote- I think it's going to be littered with you it. You know what's funny? Because like you said, this is the new thing to clutch your pearls about. This is going to be the new thing to run out on the green with murderer signs and throw red paint on Dustin Johnson on the <laughs> sure. 17th. I'm telling you, sure. it's, no, no, it's no. absolutely but, coming. But here's the funny thing, John. Here's the nuance of that. There's a gray area. Mm-hmm. Because criticizing somebody from Saudi Arabia, th- th- that could be turned into appearing racist. 
And you always but can. But yeah, can, yeah, no, yeah, can yeah. you be racist? For, can you be mad at somebody that's that, that's? I don't if think you, you can be if racist. You criticize if they're, if they're sexist and and. You, if, have you ever not seen the, the term Islamophobia on the internet? Oh, for sure. Every half other word when somebody's complaining about human rights abuses right, when right, they right. throw homosexuals off buildings in Syria, you say that becomes hey, Islamophobia. This, it's Islamophobia. You know, you know we do stuff. To, so I think they're kind of in an area where it's not going to get the pushback that you think it will because it can be reframed as being either Islamophobic or racist against the Middle Easterners. To me, to me what's the difference between Phil and LeBron? That was LeBron, my point about China. Yeah, China, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no difference in that point. Of, if I'm in their situation and someone waving that dollar in front of me, I'm taking I'll it. I'll take the bag because you can go do Well, Cole, you'll pretty much sell out oh, for like what? What's the, what's the number? 12 Dude, bucks? Yeah. Like, <laughs> 13? Yeah. Oh, wow. Taco? Just yeah. give me first first class tickets on, uh, yeah. you know. Spirit, Spirit, Spirit Airlines, good. and I'm good. Which um, they do have the big, big front up, seat. Really? Oh, the big front seat. I've never been magical. on Spirit, but no, I, I, I think that people just sit there and uh, you know everybody talks big game, but you start throwing 200 million in front of people. That's I'm a lot of money. That down. It's like, well, let's let's get back to what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, obviously, look, man, if you're looking or thinking about starting a business. I recommend starting with this book. Um, I think it's a great way, the personal MBA, but you need to learn some business basics, man. The basic concepts of how to run a business, the basic ideas behind what makes business go. Because if you don't have that, you're going to find yourself getting buried. And I often go back, uh, just to let you know how I use this book, is I often go back to it and it kind of asks some basic questions that I then propose to all of our companies that we own. And I like to do that on a regular basis, not just with me, but with the people that work there so we can all have a clear, concise idea of what we're doing, not just for the business, but for our customers, for the community, and for the bottom line, because I think that's important. So let's just start out with some, I'm just going to start hitting out here and we'll just go from there. So some key insights from this book. Number one, the core function of a business is to provide value to customers. This is it. 100%. You got to be building value for your customers. And if you're not building value, you're not doing anything. And customers decide to part with money when they understand that what you're going to provide for them is worth more to them than their money. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So this is where I did a post the other day where I said the biggest problem with entrepreneurs is they fall way too in love with their own product. Like you get like, I have this great thing. People are going to love it. It's amazing. And I'm going to do it just because you find value in it. The key to value is it is subjective. So if the masses don't find value, or if you're doing something for a niche, if the majority of that niche does not find value, you're going to have a problem. That's what we call Chinese math, right? Right. Say, if I can get one One, person in China, one out of a thousand people in China to buy it, I'll have a million customers. If one out of a thousand people who uh, love cats or whatever buys this cat calendar... You know what I mean? Like all I need a billion cat lovers. Well, let's let's talk about that because you know, a lot of times I would rather invest or I would rather get into bed with a business that is in a proven field. Mm -hmm. Like when I get pitched all these, this is going to, this is, I I would rather hear this is going to disrupt the market than this is going to create a new market. This is going to revolutionize. This is going to change how people oil bike change. You know, look, you know, if, needs to be something that somebody out there is doing. Now, the best way to start a new business is to find one that is already doing well in a sector, whatever that sector may be, and then study it. Try to figure out where the pain points are mm-hmm. for the customers and improve the service or improve the product. Right. Totally, totally agree with that. I mean, and like creating value, right? Like 
That's why people will go and spend, you know, 500 a plate somewhere Mm -hmm. for a really a tiny little thing because you're getting so much value from that. You know, you're getting the customer service, you're getting that everything like that, where be in the place, place. Yeah. So you're, you're creating that value and that Mm -hmm. value could be something like a Costco where it's like, there's no customer service. And here you go, you get a bunch of shit for cheap, right? Like it doesn't have to be the same exact type of yeah, deal. Values, yeah. values in the eye of the beholder. A, a gallon yeah. of maple syrup is far more valuable to you <laughs> if you, you know, run a restaurant than it is yeah. showing up at Delilah for whatever. Right. Sure. Right. The worst baked Alaskan possibly ever made. I, yeah. Really? <laughs> I didn't like I don't like the baked Alaska. I didn't like it either. It was, it was, I, really, I think it. It it was really gross. It was kind of, it was kind Everything of else was okay, but the baked Alaskan was. I, I loved Delilah. Well, I loved Delilah. I thought Delilah was great. But here's the thing. I always say, too, if you're developing a product, get it out. Like I always tell people, you know, I've seen, I've, I've, I've mentored some people and dealt with some folks that were like building websites. And they're like, oh, I just don't like it. Just get it out. Get it out. Get it out. If your product is not out in the marketplace, it's dying. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, I would say, this is why I love Kickstarter. I love these products because you can build one of something. And then you can go on Kickstarter and start to market it and see if anybody actually wants to buy your product or service. Like the mistake people make is they're like, okay, I need a hundred thousand dollars so I can open this uh, Mongolian popcorn store. Right. Right? That's what I need. The build out is going to cost me a hundred grand for my Mongolian popcorn store. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever it is. But that's what it's going to cost. It's going to cost me 20 grand when in reality what they should have done was they should have gone out to someplace where there's food trucks and set up a little card table and started handing out Mongolian popcorn to see if people even like it. Yep. Go to start Good. off at the food market. Yeah, to see if people right? even like it. Go the to the farmer's fair, market and yeah. see if they even like it's it. cooked over rubber tires. Right, yeah. but no, but exactly. <laughs> but people like people would rather people would rather go open the damn store without knowing if anybody ever likes it. Right. And that's why, again, I've talked about the, the bottle of vitamins I have on my desk. I've made that mistake. We spent $150,000 on a bunch of vitamins that nobody wanted. Pop, yeah. But we knew nobody wanted. So moving on from there, the second one is businesses must make the right people aware of their products and service. If you are not good at marketing or don't understand how marketing works, you need to partner with somebody that does. You need 100%. to get in bed with somebody does. If I mean, this includes Google, online, social, all of these things. You need to look on Fiverr, look on, look on Upwork, look on all these places and hire Personal somebody to handle this for you. Mm-hmm. Or within your sphere, ask people you know 100%. Because again, if you are selling you know, uh, baby cradles, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're selling. And you're marketing it to... Single, single people now. that are part of the yeah. I'm never going to have kids club. Wasting money. You're wasting your money and you're not going to get anybody there. But also it has to do with timing. You know, you need to market your product to people when they want to buy it. Right. This is why in real estate, I love there's a service called Rebo Gateway that I love. If you're in real estate, it's awesome. You should use it. If you send mailers, you should use Rebo Gateway. Again, I get nothing for this. It's just a product that I like. And what Rebo Gateway does is it looks for life events that would cause people to move, new births, Deaths, divorce, the tragedy triangle, if you'll call it. <laughs> the trifecta. Well, the not tri- the birth part, not the birth part. That's not a tragedy. But, but it looks for if life events that would force people to move. But it also looks for, say you're going to farm an, an, an area or a neighborhood, and it says, okay, what is the average amount of time somebody lives in that neighborhood? And if it's 6.5 years, you can then extrapolate and pull a list of everybody that's lived there for five and a half years on. Mm-hmm. 
Because again, why would you send a mailer to sell your house to somebody that bought one three months ago? Yep, right. It doesn't make any sense. So being targeted in your mail and understanding how marketing works or more important, targeted marketing is essential. Knowing your customers, huge. And I don't think that, I don't think people comprehend that. I had a call yesterday with somebody. I go, who's your customer base? Well, people that come to me, who are they? What what age are they? Where do they live? What you know, all this kind of stuff. Because if you're trying to take something from this side of town, go complete opposite side, your customer base might not follow you. You well, know, and they had not a clue. I go, you don't yeah, know right. where people live. Right. Like you don't know nothing. No. Well, I think you know if you're, if you're going to do marketing as well, I think understanding the message is so important. And so many people fall flat. Oh yeah. You know. Um, for example, let's say that we're selling diet pills, right? That's what we're going to sell. All right. Sell me a diet pill, Chris. I'm just curious. I want you to sell me a diet pill on the spot. Sell you a diet pill. Why would I want to buy your diet pills? What's it going to do? Well, it's about what you need from the diet pill. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> right, go ahead, go ahead. You have to, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say, why do you need a diet pill? Have you tried working out? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. You're gonna be like, no, no, I don't want to do that. You're selling diet pills. Yeah. You oh, believe oh, in oh, diet pills. How often do you work out? We're not pivoting. That's not the question. The so, question so is. So you tell me how often you work out. You don't. Oh, so then what's the only other way you're going to get your, well, what no, do you want to do? My, 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 point, my point was this. Too many people <laughs> like to sell the technical facets of what their product does. For right, example, if you're selling, if you're selling, beach. thank you, Colt. If you're selling <laughs> diet pills, you shouldn't be selling the fat is going to like metabolize yeah. and it's going to come out of no, your no, lip no, no. nodes and this and that. It should be, what do you want? Get back into the jeans that you wore in high school. Well, that should be the pitch. And that's, that's my, that's my whole point. I get, right? I get yeah. where you're, you're like, Hey, do you want to work out? No. Well then how else are you going to fit your goals? What do you want then? Yeah. Well, I want to be in shape without working out. Well, guess what? Right. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and that's even real. With, and with real estate, man, there's so much of that. There's so much of that when you're showing houses, there's so much of that when you're, when you're trying to sell houses, yep. you know, whenever I teach all the people that work for me when they're not showing houses, I ask the, ask this question at the end of every showing. Can you see yourself, living. see yourself yep. living in this home? Right. Because I want them to stop and imagine what it would feel like to live in this house. Yep. Mm -hmm. I want them to, I want them to be mentally place, placing the couch or the furniture. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, that's how you create emotional attachment to the product. That's how you get them to move from step yep. from this step to the next. Yep. You've got to create that emotion. When, when I do. That an office building with a business owner. Yeah. My two stops in there are the conference room mm -hmm. and then the executive office. office. Do you yeah. do the same? Do you do the same thing in there? Saying, can you yeah, see yourself hey, holding meetings? No, I, I sit there and go, wow, God, you could put a cool. <laughs> wow. Wow. Look at <laughs> that. No, but sometimes whoa. you can get into those. I'm like, man, you could have an awesome, you know, Don set up over there. You could you bring people in. Man. You could have, you know, coffee machine right here. Like you can sell them yeah. like this is a badass yeah. office, yeah. right? Or, you know, you, you, you can, because you need to know. Like if somebody's sitting there and they're young and partying, go stand by the pool and talk to them. Like, oh, man, can you imagine all the. Freaking parties you could throw out here. <laughs> yeah, buddy. No, but you, you've got to find out what yeah. ticks them, right? What do and they then want? play that. Yeah, what do you Whatever. want? Whatever. Right? Yep. No, I agree. But when you have it, when you're going to sell something, it, on to our next little insight, which is closing a sale hinges on demonstrating the value of the product or service. Now, there are really four ways that a business can support its pricing decision. There's four, right? There's replacement cost, market comparison, discounted cash flow, or the value comparison. Okay. So when you're going to price your product, you're going to put a product or service, whatever it is, let's pretend we'll stay with real estate because our services we put in the marketplace. We talked about that. 
you've really got four ways you can do it. With real estate, it's really probably three, not even the four. Because replacement costs, you can't really say. Well, I mean, you could because yeah, you could no, pose, we, it, you, you, you could pose it to people. Yeah. Replacement costs with us, not necessarily in the house, but for I'm talking about for our too. services, but for our services using it. So, replacement yeah, costs with us is, yeah. I would say, how that would fit into real estate would say, like, look, you can use somebody else, mm-hmm. but again, how much do you want to walk away from the closing table with? You know, you're you're demonstrating a loss to them that they would have to. You know, using you is going to get them more than somebody else. The replacement cost on using somebody else would be greater. Yeah, it's, yep. it's a negative. Or, or the replacement with somebody yeah, else is yeah. negative. Yeah, you replace yourself with attorneys. Like, all right, right. You know how many emails and phone calls and stuff? Like, you're going yeah, to try doing this. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's market comparison. Yep. Which is basically, here's all the other products in the market. Here's why mine is better. Right. Here's why my service is better. Here's what I do over and above. This is why my widget is widgetier yeah. than your widget. That's why people don't understand about real estate. There isn't a fixed amount of commission. No, there's, there's not. not a fixed commission. People there's not. always say that, right? Well, we're well, we're going to get to that because that because that really comes in. That really comes into the views of the power move. Never ever underestimate yeah, the value of the exactly. Sherman antitrust. No fix. No yeah. fix. No, but it, it, and you got to know your market, right? Like if you're trying to push something out in a different market, it, it's. It's like alcohol. Let's mm-hmm. take simple, uh, you know, a drink. A drink in Utah is six bucks. A drink in Vegas is eighteen bucks, yeah. right? Like same drink. If you're coming from Utah, you're like, oh man, I'm going to put this for eight bucks. I had a lady. She's like, oh, no one's done this. I'm opening up a champagne room in the casinos, oh, but yeah. for you can buy a bottle for thirty bucks. Yeah, no this. one does that. I go, do you know why no one does <laughs> that? Because you can't. Money. You can't. Pay your rent, right? Because it doesn't make any money. Where she was coming from all day long, she sells a bottle of 30 bucks and she'll pay rent and, you know, whatever. So, no, also market comparison that way, too. No, I think, I think when you, 2% alcohol, when you, when you look at like discounted cash flow, when you look at that, like how you, if people are like, what's discounted cash flow? That's like where you say, like, for a dollar a day, you can do this. You know, that's the, that's always the big pitch of the charities. For one dollar a day, you can do this. So, time, time share mistakenly use this pitch all the time and mm-hmm. they tried to do it to me one time yeah. and I understand discounted cash flows right. and they talk about <laughs> well you pay for your vacation now so you pay for a hundred thousand dollars for this piece of timeshare and, but over time you know things go up in value blah 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 I go yeah, no 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 but you're now like the way they do it they try to present it as a discounted cash cash yeah. flow like a dollar today a dollar in a year from now is worth 91 cents right. yeah right so I'd rather you can have 91 cents today or a dollar in a year People right. don't understand that those are equivalents. Yep. They say, no, it's a dollar. It's like, no, 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 but it's only going to be worth 91 right. cents a what today's it can buy. What it, what, what it can buy or what it's, mm-hmm. you know, inflated value, what you can put in the market and invest it at, what would your nominal return be? Mm-hmm. So so the discounted cash flow is if you buy this now, you're going to save yourself money in five years or whatever. That's probably what he means by that, to say, to understand that it's being priced based on the future value of something. Yeah. Right. And then, and then <clears throat> of course, the number one way products normally come to market is the value comparison. Value. Right. That's how they come. And- Really, man, you've got you got a couple of choices you could do here. Uh, you know, if you were if you were gonna if the whole pitch of your product is it's cheaper than every other product, I mean, good luck <laughs> because yeah. there is such a thing as perceived value. We've talked about it on this show before, talking right. about you know sometimes you've got to price yourself into a place where you build some scarcity. Right. You build that, like for example, if you go to Gucci and buy a, a bag. You're not buying a purse. You're buying the way it makes you feel when you walk around with that Gucci bag. The way you think How others people, perceive you. The way you, you think yeah, others perceive you. That's the value you're buying. Right. So, 
you know, especially in this business, like you said, there's no set commissions, but it seems like there seems to be an arms race to the bottom. And one of the things that our brokerage I've always said is, is, you know, we will never see, you know, look, there's no fixed commissions, but I can say what my agents can and can't market. Right. Right. And I've always said, you're never going to see my logo on a billboard next to the sole driver of your offering being price. Right. Zero chance. Yeah, I don't have any, I have no interest in that business model whatsoever. None. And I've had people that we've talked to that wanted to come here and want to do that business model. I'm like, we're not your place. Well, because have you ever dealt with them, by the way? Have you no. ever really spent some time working with people that want the, uh, want that the cheapest they, they, deal? That give you the discounted model or the, or yeah. the people that are offering the discounted model? Yeah, no, no. I, no, for, for sure. I, for sure. I have. Like, for example, yeah. when, when I run my marketing, um, my Google AdWords, which, you know, for my real estate team, which is, you know, it's a lot. We, we, run, we run thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month to generate the sales that we do. But I have negative keywords. I think negative keywords are more important than positive mm-hmm. keywords. So if somebody types in the word like deal or foreclosure discount. or short sale or discount or fixer up, like I don't want to deal with those people. Right. Those are the people right. that want to buy 70 cents on the dollar. Yeah. It's not who I'm looking for because those are investors that are looking to flip or make money. I'm looking for people that want to buy luxury homes for them and their families. Yeah. Those to are in, our clients. To live in to make a home. Yeah. Those are our clients. That they perceive those it. are our clients. Yeah. And, that, and that's who we look for. And if you're <laughs> getting into that, and you're not wanting to be there, it's because you're not setting yourself up good enough. You're not presenting yourself as value. I mean, we have people that will not come off of what they think they're worth, right? And there there's some big commission checks cut, and they just stick to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, where everybody else is like, oh, I'll do it for percent less. I'll do it. No, all right, cool. Go with somebody. Look, everybody's got their everybody's got their own kind of way of doing stuff. There's always a discount model. There's always a premium oh, yeah. model. There's always, always a kind of, hey, uh, you know, Yep. You know, well, here's here's the the next one I think is more important than anything we've talked about at this point, because it's what's missing from the majority of businesses and what really has gone missing since COVID, which is a successful business delivers customer value service. to its customers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Customer service and value. Now, for me, for me, the most important thing when I look at a value proposition of a business, the most important thing, hands down, is consistency in product. Mm-hmm. That's it. I want to know that I can get the same product if I buy it, go to this store. That's it. This is why McDonald's is so McDonald's, successful. Yeah. It's yes, why McDonald's, they are, the, they are, doesn't manager. matter where you go on the planet, the Big Mac tastes the same. It just is what it just does. Oh. Um, Curious enough, though, they cur- do change it for their regional markets now. Oh, yeah. They do? They change it up a little so bit? So, what oh, they do I mean. is they won't have a Big Mac. They don't have a, or they, like they don't have it in certain countries or cultures. Yeah. Right. But if the product is called the same, it's the same product. Um, well, they call things different. So they have burgers in like Lebanon. I think they call it the juicy burger. Okay. But they're, they're just because, because languages don't make, cause there's, yeah, there so has to be some yeah. sensitivity. I'm not trying to be pedantic, but right. sometimes pedantic. Yeah. I don't know what That's that means. That's a triple letter word score. <laughs> <laughs> Explain but, that. In India, they job. Don't, look at like, Cole. The Cole's <laughs> going to the Google machine. P E D A N T. So uh, in India, they don't have it, right? Because obviously they don't eat meat as a culture. What did he say? P-E. Pedantic. Let it go, Colt. That was like two minutes ago. <laughs> Just assume it's a word of movie. But anyway, on. they do They do have changes, right? Mm. Uh, quote, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction or whatever. But yeah. The Royale with cheese. The Royale with cheese. That's true. But again, I think that, you know, meeting or exceeding your customer expectations is so clutch and so important to what, what you do. Um, in the brokerage business of which we're in that business, it, you know, it's, it's so hard and so difficult to constantly try to exceed, uh, 
your agent expectations. It, it just is. And, and it gets harder every single day. And we're constantly looking for new ways that we can improve that. From our service businesses, which are a mortgage company and our title business, we're always looking for ways to make our customers' lives easier, better, faster, more efficient. Because if you're not doing that, if you're not focused on getting a little better every day, now granted, there'll be problems within the workflow that they call acceptable acceptable problems. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some stuff that's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, that's just going to happen. And, and honestly, trying to fix it would make it worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, right. that's, uh, that's half your business model is the vertical integration and bundling. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. And that's but, to provide customer value. But yeah. the point is, I think one of the reasons that we, we've been so successful with, all, with the stuff that we do is because we're always trying to get better. We don't ever rest. I mean, you know, I was on the plane coming back and I'm looking at the, you know, I always pull up the stats and still currently this office for real estate in Summerlin, this office is number one in the entire MLS and Summerlin is number three. And every time I see that, Sorry. half of me, no, 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 half of me is very happy about it and half of me is like, how do I stay? Shit, here? how do we stay here? Yeah. How do we stay here? Because, dude, here's the thing about being number one. He's coming after Nowhere you. to go. Nowhere to go but down. So, you know, that's the idea is you spend so much time trying to get there. And then when you get there, you're like, man, how do we how stay, how, here? How we stay here? And so it, I actually, I would find that I work harder now on ideas and concepts for this business to make it better than I did on the way up. Right. Like I'm fighting mm-hmm. harder to stay here than I did to get up here, I think. It's kind of funny, like in the NFL football teams, they're saying, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, why don't you uh, take Trey Lance under your wing and mentor him to become your replacement? Right, right. Replacement. <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, yeah. not doing that. No, <laughs> no, thanks. I'm number one right and now. That hap- and that happens number a lot, two. right? It does. Like, it people sit things. there and there's a difference between like you guys, there people will help you out. You know, you can go pick out your your yep. competitor and just talk and sure, whatever. Sure. They'll give you some stuff. They're not going to give you everything. They'll give you, but they will give you some stuff. Sure. You know, and a lot of times, sometimes you you have to kind of uh, follow your competitor. You know, that, well, that, that's it. That's interesting, man, because that brings me up, and I can tell you, <clears throat> the people that do the best in any industry that I've seen around are so free flowing with their ideas and what they mm-hmm. do, they don't care. Because yeah. execution is far yeah. more important than oh, 100%. Yeah. Because, yeah, 100%. you can sit there. That, don't that's the, I mean, every real estate uh, weekend getaway is the same thing. Cold call, hit your spear. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the same, no, it's it's the same great concept, right? So, There's no magic, just effort. But, they but, just know well, they won't do it. Execution in sales is, is personality. Yeah. Right, like how good a how good a listener are you? How much do you mm-hmm. care about people? I can see right through people that are trying to sell me something. Oh yeah. When people give a shit about me, I care about them. Yeah. It's a natural human psychological instinct. You know, I, let me ask you a question because because somebody I saw somebody the other day, and it's a dude that I've called out for saying dumb shit before, but a dude call him a social media influencer, whatever, said not not the one you think a different one. Um, this guy was walk, standing in front of a bunch of a bunch of people, and he said. And he was wearing his, you know, affliction t-shirt or whatever the hell he was wearing. And he was like, you know, and he was like, you know, man, people would come to these seminar sales, these sales seminars and tell you, you need to wear a suit and you need to dress up and look professional. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that because people want to do business with people that are real. That's who I want to do business with. And I'm like, I heard that and I'm like, bro, that might work if you're selling solar. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah, yeah. in the business that we're in, you're a professional, dude, 
this is the most expensive thing Purchase, people will, will ever buy. buy. You oh. need to look the part when you show up. If you <laughs> there's no like I'm gonna keep it real and wear my no. you know Kid Rock T-shirt because I, I, that's what I wear. The, the I only sleep, time you know, dude, no, look like a damn professional. Goes, somebody was saying it's like I want my pilot to have gray arm hair that goes over his wristwatch. <laughs> Yeah, I want my accountant. Yep. I want my accountant to never ask me to go for cocktails ever. Right. I want my accountant to just be the most boring, boring human being alive. <laughs> I in have a that suit. Guy. He's great. A, a, a monochromatic black or white I have or, that guy. Or tan suit. I have that guy. That is the end of the conversation. Really weird shoes with the tassels. No, on, no, no. The loafers what, what, with the tassels. When I talk to my accountant, his voice never—it's just straight monotone the entire time. It does <laughs> yeah, not. Dude. There's no. There's no inflection whatsoever. And on, you're like, hey. Just, yeah, don't no ever change. Never. And never. I love you, Blue. Stay you. Stay you, and you. You have to stay you in anything you do, but you have to also dress apart, right? Like yeah. right now, if you're watching this, I am as dressed down as you'll ever see me, but it's just because I came from internet people. I, I'm you just going to say, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, people. the fact you're not wearing pants is a little strange. I, well, sorry. Uh, it's I a mean, little weird. They, the internet people, they like my I mean, look, fans. I, look, I thought he had my only By the way, if I was a bet man, I would have said boxers. I thought he had salmon tights on. I thought he had Sam and Lulu Lemons on. No, he's got a he's got, he's got a onesie on. It's underneath grease. this garage. Yeah. No underwear. Today, Sam and Lulu Lemon. No, but like you know, I dressed down today, but I sat here. I'm like, oh my god, do I have time? Nobody's gonna. But no. I feel so underdressed because people go and, and how do you do million dollar deals to people and expect them to be okay with you in a t shirt or flip flops well, like okay. that kind well, of stuff? Okay. You have a relationship though. Okay, here's I, well, let's let's well, let's back let's back up. Like today. I am wearing a jacket, I'm wearing a t-shirt, and I've got tennis shoes on, but I look very put together in what I'm right. wearing, right? I'm not wearing a suit, but I look put together today. There's a, there, there's a difference between- You look like you intended to put the clothes on that you yes. had. Yes, it's yes. just 100% yeah, it intentional, intentional, well act. thought out. <laughs> it wasn't what was clean hanging out of oh the God. Oh God, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. All right, moving on, savvy business owners carefully manage how money flows in and out of their business. So what would you think, Let's let's again, Let's pretend that we have a, what do you think are the most important ways to manage that your bottom line? Connell. Oh, having an appropriate bookkeeper. I think that's clutch. I think, um, you know, understanding where the dollars are coming in and out. And that sounds facile, but have you actually ever signed up for one of those things that cancels things that you're not using? Yeah. Or you ever had a kid you know what? take your credit can, card? Can I, can I tell can I tell you this? This, this was one of my <laughs> proudest power move moments ever. I don't even think you were here when we did the how to recession proof your business. I was here for. Were you here for them. that? Yeah. I mean, you might have left early. We did that how to, how to recession proof your life is what we did. We talked about one of the things we talked about was losing your credit. Yeah, because you said you'd rather get kicked in. That's why. That's why. Yeah. 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 Francis and Gano. No, you were there, right, yeah. Francis Gano? No, Mikey Gordon came up to me and said, "You guys saved me two hundred and eighty-five dollars a month." <laughs> Yeah. From stuff. that, from stuff we told him to do. One of the things that he was paying for, I'm going to out him on here. Sorry, sorry, buddy. One of the things I'm going to I'm going to out him for. He said he hey, was hey, paying forty dollars a month for American Airlines Wi-Fi, and he had been on a flight in a year oh with gosh. American Airlines. But I mean, but why? I mean, you think you, you don't, don't even know? You don't even know half you the time. Know. I go, I go back and look at my statements. I go, well, this is fraud. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, 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 no. That's just shoot. something yeah. that's it's a relic. Yeah. It's the detritus of a bad decision four years uh, ago. You know, I just know. never followed. You know. Well, and it could be something that got you to where you needed in your business a year ago, sure. and you don't need that anymore, yeah. right? Oh, like yeah. people just keep adding to their business costs yeah. on. Well, this marketing worked. Well, maybe you're not marketing those people anymore, that group anymore. So 
maybe switch, right? Like that, I yeah. see a lot of that where well, people here, are sitting there throwing away money on stuff that worked for them three or four years ago. And here's the stuff that I see is, is number one, understanding COGS, cost of goods sold, understanding how much it costs you to produce whatever it is that you're doing. Right. And if it is your time, let's say you're a hairdresser that does extensions, you need to understand how long that takes you to do. Mm-hmm. You're like your time is your investment, your there, yeah. right? You're, cause you're swapping time for money. But if you have a store and you're selling shoes, understand how much it costs you to buy the shoes, what rate at which they fly off the shelves how and how much you need to sell it for. Cost. Because here's the right. problem. A lot of people, a lot of people don't understand that if you, this is why it's so important to test market your product first and see what the market will bear based on how much you can sell it for. Because if you're looking to just say, well, I'm going to buy product X and market up 20%. Well, what if the market won't pay 20%? Or what if well, now you're screwed. 20% doesn't cover rent? Yeah, yeah. Well, what if that? Mar- yeah, what if the margin isn't enough? So, understanding what the market will bear for a pro- for a product, then understanding how you put into it mm-hmm. is very difficult. Like that's why you know, restaurant tours. My hats off to you, with the constant crazy changes in commodities mm-hmm. over the last year between chicken wings and then produce and everything else. I mean, God bless you that you're able to manage that. Because it was always pretty consistent. You could look at, you know, you look at product mix of of how much of each item you sold what it costs to make that item and you make come up with your food costs. You, yeah. you could, but you could see this, but it, but like in restaurants, you have the ability to then pivot and say like, okay, you know, we need to lower our food costs. So we need to sell more of this item yep, yep. because this item makes us more money. And you can push that item out front, um, which is, it's so funny. I never understood, I never under understood it when I was in the bar business years ago and it's changed a lot. But like when I was in the bar, one of the bars that we had was like, I mean, it was a dirty bar. It was just a bar. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, when people come in and they order a vodka tonic, you don't ask them if they want Grey Goose. You, you pull up the $4 bottle of Popov and yeah. you pour it off because I make more money on that dollar right, less drink right. than I do on the other one. Yeah. So right. pour the cheap stuff. I right. want you to pour the cheap sure. stuff because yeah, yeah. it just the way that it worked out with the cost of goods. Right. The second thing I would say is understanding your labor costs. And if that's you, and one of the biggest mistakes I think I see people make is they make bad hires in their business. Maybe they'll hire somebody that's not suited for the job or too many. And then they will try to prop up around those people. Yep. Like, Oh, this person might not be good for the position. So, ah, they're really running behind. Let's get them an assistant. Let's <laughs> yeah, get yeah. them. Let's get an additional helper <laughs> for them. Too and all many of a sudden it's like, yep. it's like you wind up just with this giant bandaid that'll blow your labor out. Sometimes it's better to have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody and say, Hey, look, you're not suited for this job, but we're going to move you over here. Or maybe they just go and then get somebody more suited for those positions. Absolutely. But having people around that you don't need is is, is a killer in business. Well, it's, you, why it's, it's why I love yeah, outsourcing. You, you talked about that actually one of the last podcasts, two podcasts ago. Did I? Yeah, make yourself invaluable. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. a recession's coming, make yourself invaluable. Make sure that you're able to do the job of 1.5 people because they may, you know, there you may, may have be, to. There may be 67% of the amount of people hanging around. Yeah, no, you, you absolutely may have to. So there's we, no question there. Yeah. All right, the next one is understanding basic human psychology should inform business strategy. I don't really remember where they were going with this, but I'm going to say I'm just going to read well, something. Just, I'm I mean, uh, I think that's the most important one, period. I, I think- oh, I got it. I, I see what they're saying. I see what they're saying. They're saying is basically make it easy on people. Well, and understand how fear and greed work together. Yeah. Understand yeah. those basic concepts of what drive people to FOMO. Make- yeah, fo- fear and those Exactly. Yeah. That's how all image-based stuff is, is FOMO. Yeah. Right. Have you ever actually went out and bought something that actually improved your life? I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but have you ever purchased something 
that yeah. improve my life. So, so every time you make a beautiful purchase, right? Let's say you right. buy a really beautiful car, brand new, beautiful car. Oh my God, what a beautiful car. Driving that car, I don't care what it is. Talking mm -hmm. about the experience, you have to be a real geek before that experience that, yeah. is that much better than like a new uh, Toyota Corolla. I'm dead right. serious. Yeah. I'm talking about if you Snuggie drive the nicest cars. What's up? The Snuggie didn't make my life easier. <laughs> but I'm saying, uh, so if you're a car manufacturer, right, you have to sell image and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what is a car doing? It's getting you A to B. Yeah, yeah right? that's all it does. But that's all it is. It's status symbol, right? That's what right. Starbucks did. That's what that's Rolex what did. did. That's what Gucci's done. That's yeah, why Rolex you don't tell time. Yeah, that's why you don't see these guys being at uh, Ross, right? Mm -hmm. They'll just when it's if they don't sell it, it's not going to a discounted store. It's right. done, right? Like they keep that. Brand, There's no discount, Louis Vuitton. You know, store. understanding understanding the the psyche of somebody's when they're walking into your store, right? Like people need to understand when they're going to a mechanic shop. If I'm own the mechanic shop, I'm going to make sure that I'm super honest and super open with them because I know they're coming in with that psych of, hey, these guys are going to rip me off, right? Like, because <laughs> everybody goes to a mechanic thinking they're getting ripped off, right? Like, getting oil psyched change. out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think they do, right? Like, I think that's what people come into. Yeah, that's a value proposition. Need. Yeah. Honest mechanic. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the see, here's the problem with honest mechanic. You go out of if you call yourself honest mechanic, <laughs> people don't believe honest? you. They're yeah, just immediately yeah, yeah. assuming like it's like it's like I hate I hate honest Charlie's hate, over here. No, no, I hate in sales situations when people say, I mean, let me be honest. Let me be honest with you. With you. So I you've been, you've been you bullshit be, me yeah, the whole time. I I, I presume <laughs> you were honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I hate that. If that's part of your pitch, kill it. I think that if you ever say that, you need to understand that that's a horrible tick. Oh, if you ever have that tick, focus on it. Stop saying like, don't say um, pause instead of saying yeah. those things. I need to work on it too. And then never, ever say, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I already, I already assume that we're assume still that talking. Happening. That was, the, that's there. a baseline right. of human you know, communication that you're not going to present me with falsehoods right. consistently. <laughs> so the minute you start saying that, we switch to gear. Yeah, I not, think that is one that you eliminate that right. yesterday. No, I, I, I agree. Next one, business owners should always look for ways to improve their productivity or boost it. Now, this is done very simply, a couple of different ways. And it, really, this is about measuring and goals is what this is about. If you open a business, you absolutely have got to have some sort of goal and some sort of trajectory plan. I, You, know, I, I, you guys laugh it up. Laugh it up, but this is one of the things I've. It's one of the things that I learned at Hooters of America way back in the day. <laughs> Hooters, you was, baby. When I, when I was a Hooters manager, which was the 30, 60, 90 day plan. And we always had to have these every quarter turned in where our goals were for 30 days, our goals were for 60 days, our goals were for 90 days. So you always understood what you were working on, the trajectory that you were on. Every time, you know, with my team now, we do a one page business plan. We change it, update it every quarter. The reason it's one page is because if you do this long, elaborate 30 page thing, you're less likely to pivot from it. If it's one page and something's not working, you're like, okay, screw that. Let's move on to this. I'll push back just very slightly on that. Yeah. Have the 30 page business plan at the outset well, you need, and then you update need a that. one pager. You, you yeah. need that. You need that. Well, there's a, there's a difference between being, you know, a salesperson and actual business owner. Yeah. As a business owner, you absolutely better have business plans, decks. Know your market. You know your market, projection, a one year, a three year, a five year projection. Right. You better have all that ready because. 
people think, oh, I can go open this store. It costs 2000 a month. Cool. All I need to do is sell this many shoes. I can do that. Bam. Well, no, you don't realize you have insurance costs. You have, ta- you know, you have taxes. You have- Workman's comp, everything uh, yeah, else. Yeah, all that Sales stuff. Tax. So no, if you're selling that- that goal of all I need to do is break even on 2000. You don't run a proper projection. Right. You're going to be out. Dude, Wait. I've, I've known a couple of people who had some really successful businesses and ended up getting closed down because they never bothered to pay their sales tax. Do you, I've, do I've you, known that, do you, hap- known that to happen. Do you know what the number one reason new businesses fail? Tax. Success. Yeah. Failure to cash flow yeah. manage. Failure, because here's the thing. If you have a graphic, you look at these periods where someone's in the black versus when they're in the red and cash flow. Mm-hmm. People consistently get squeezed out of their own businesses because they need to purchase more inventory than the sales, and they'll have lagging or net costs or net payment mm-hmm. dates or whatever. So a lot of these businesses are net 30 days, net 60 days, 90 days, but you needed that inventory yesterday. Right. So you now have to come out cash again, cash again, you're taking loans. And it's it's cash flow management that crushes a lot of successful business. That If they had better cash management or projections, they could have either realized they needed more money to get mm-hmm. past that crunch, if they projected out a successful trajectory, right? They go, look at all this money I'm bringing in, it's great. But it's on paper money or it's ARs right. or whatever. Yeah. So. Accounts receivable for those of you at all. Accounts receivable. Cool. Well, it, it's a lot uh, cheaper to get you know, some money and keep it going and have it planned out than calling somebody and say, I need this money by four days. Yesterday, yeah, ne- never. Yeah, if you're making phone calls asking for money, I need this money tomorrow, then I mean, you're interested. You, you've messed up something. Yep. Yep. yep, no, I agree. Next one. And this is clutch, man. Successful business owners create supportive work environments that inspire rather than force other people to work hard. Now, what did I say? I said, uh, saw a thing earlier that said, uh, what did it say? It said leaders, as great leaders reluctantly lead is what it said. I get that. Meaning that, that no great leader set out to be a leader. They just reluctantly were the best person for the job. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, I think you fall into that category. I don't think any, I don't think anybody wants to be an entrepreneur to be the boss. I don't think, yeah. I don't or think, any successful entrepreneur. People that want to be leaders frighten me. Just like that's for the same reasons right. as a politician. Politician scary. Yeah. It's the same shit. Because I think leadership comes naturally. I think you have it in your genes. You're so um, averse mm-hmm. to failure. Mm-hmm. Like look at the six, I hate to go back to sports all the time, but there are natural leaders that emerge through locker rooms and it's their actions on field and it's their behavior and it's how they conduct themselves. Right. Is Draymond Green a leader? He is. <laughs> no, he is tackles. definitely. They, he's, he's, they call him a glue guy. Nobody he's a spark is, plug yeah. guy. He's, leader he's, tackles. he's adhesive. Every single person in that locker room loves him and he'd go out there and he'll go to oh, war boy. for his people. Right. And, and because he's a leader. Exactly. He he yeah. takes actions that evidence his leadership. It's not bloviating. It's yeah, not hollow words. Not, it's I not. You don't need true. to be the top sales guy to be the best manager, right? Sometimes guy. those guys yeah, are not woman. the best well, managers. I think if you own the company and you're the owner, one of the hardest things that you got to get over, and a lot of first time entrepreneurs, first time business owners have just got to come to grips with this, mm-hmm. which is in, in, in it's a mental thing because it's not real. In your head, you're going to think nobody will ever like. Why can't you just do it the way I do it? Right. Why can't you just care as much as I care? Why aren't you me? Why aren't you me? Right. <laughs> Nobody is ever, ever going to be you. Ever. They're not going to be you. Stop trying to pretend somebody's going to be you. They don't have because, any value if they're you. Because here's the yeah. thing. If somebody is really close enough to being you to be you, they're going to rip you off and yeah. take your business down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's, let's face right. it. So just come to grips with that right now that nobody is ever going to be you. But you but you should happen. never even want people no. to be you. So I, I, one of my... Uh, a couple of my friends at this company in town called Foodie Fit. 
Mm-hmm. They make wonderful good food, prepared food to yeah, go, health good. conscious, just really wonderful stuff. The chef of that company is this guy, Bo, and he is not a salesman. He's not a marketing guy. So he brought on two other guys. One is a crunch the numbers, you know, brilliant administrative, like business minded guy. And the other is an absolute social monster, loves to get out there, loves people. Mm-hmm. It is a, that's why they're successful. Yeah, it's right? a win win. They got a guy who's doing this thing that they need to make the product. They got another guy who's managing it appropriately, who doesn't need to go out to the, if you're all the, the same, events. then yeah. you don't need a partner. Need a partner. That's right. Guys out making relationships and, yeah. and they're getting relationships with a bunch of people I can't say. But I think it's, but I think it's more than just the partners. I think it's got to go down to oh, every yeah. employee. Yeah. You know, every employee's right. got to feel valued. They got to feel like they have input into the product because if you want people to buy into your company, help them craft the vision and the idea of where the company is going. And that's great leadership. But and I think if you can do that, I think you, you have a great culture. And I think at the end of the day, though, people sometimes forget that, you know, your employees aren't necessarily going to love their job. And depending on the industry, that's why they're, you know, yeah. it's unfair to expect people to in certain industries, right? If you're in Tesla, you can mm-hmm. sell the vision that we're saving the planet, right? Whatever, whether or not you agree with it, do carbon footprint measuring, whatever. But with Tesla, you can say you are saving the planet from fossil fuels. That is that is a, an objective you can get behind. Mm-hmm. And you'll get paid well. You can I can see why people will move cross country to go work for that company, or there's this business that does you know uh, whatever, but they treat people so well. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of your childcare on site. We'll do all these things. Those are those cultures. Or Dan Price's company. Do you know him? No. He's a guy with every single employee makes 70 or 80 grand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do know that. So I met Dan one guy. time. We were chatting at, at one of these events, and he's just like, yeah, I, you know, it's more than enough. Now, he's obviously the owner of the company. Sure. But he works at it. He does all this stuff. Every single person, he doesn't make this CEO compensation of millions of dollars. He makes the same 75 grand as the, as the administrative staff, whoever. Everybody in there goes, okay, this is now a team I'm truly a part of. But if you're paying somebody fifteen dollars an hour and they're 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 making food or whatever, it's hard to. You need to get on board with this vision. You need to you know make that rice better. Yeah, but you can you can make their life easier, right? You can. That's what you got to figure yes. out. Like if somebody's there and you know they're there because they don't want stress, don't add stress to them. Yeah, totally. If somebody's standing there in a line. You know, making food. Go buy them a freaking rubber mat that's soft underneath, right? Like mm-hmm. you can do stuff to let them know you 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 yeah. care yeah, about them, care. even though there's not. There's not always a vision to everything, right? Yeah. Like a lot of times the vision's like, this is just your job. But you can make their job whatever they're there for, right? Right. In our industry, like attorneys, real estate professionals, all these people, those have to be self-motivated people. They have to yeah. be, they're working at a high level. And you need to make sure that they know you're there to support them. Mm. You're not there to go out and do their job for them. And they, yeah. they should be on their own, their salespeople, whatever. But, you know, a lot of jobs in this country require you to, you know, get behind a, dr- a truck and drive, you know, for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And it, it's thankless. But if you sell the vision that you're feeding America, you know, you can at least find ways to spin that where it. Well, I think, but know, I think you you've got at the same time, you, you got to pay them enough to where they understand right. they can yeah, feed, their family. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. feed their family. So that they can raise their families. Yep. Next insight, a business is best understood as a system. And I love this, man. And if you are thinking of opening a business or you're thinking, or you have one, or you are in business, if you're an independent business person, realtor, whatever, attorney, whatever it is, blah, 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 you should be able to take out a piece of paper, right? And draw a diagram of how your business works as though it were an engine. This is where it comes in. This is what happens here. This is what happens here. Then this goes to this. Then this goes to this. We've got to purchase this. This happens this. And you should be able to lay that diagram out no matter what the business is. And if you can do that, then you can start thinking analytically about ways to improve 
looking for customer bottlenecks, looking for customer issues, looking for ways to improve, looking for cost cutting measures, looking for ways you can boost revenue, looking for all of these things because you can look at it objectively. What happens is people get in their business and it's almost impossible to work on a business if you're working in, in the, business. the business. It's almost impossible to do that. So drawing those schematics, I think, is so important. Can you can you do that for your? I'm curious. Can you do that for your law? So so what that happens is I know where my bottlenecks happen because I get to cases. I have certain types of work I need to do. I'm also the salesman for my company. I always right. need to get people in the door. I have a paraprofessional who does the, the 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 a lot of the nuts and bolts stuff of how this gets done served you know, a lot of those things. And mm-hmm. she's very essential to my business, but there are bottlenecks. So we go, we have like weekly meetings where we go through status updates and I, I touch everything. I try to make sure that everybody's been touched. Right. Uh, and not, not, you know, <laughs> uh, buddy, hey, every case has been touched. Attorney? <laughs> Bill Cosby over here. <laughs> well, that's another. <laughs> <laughs> Touché. When I said it too, it just came out. I'm like, well, it's what Cos- you're doing. Cosby like, Law. Cosby Law. <laughs> no, but you got to have, and then I have um, other administrative staff that do my data inputs, stuff like that. Then uh, my wife helps me out with certain things. And so cool. I have my own system. So you system. figured it out. You, you I figured this. I have my own system, but it can always be improved. And, yeah. and it is difficult for me when I'm in the middle of a, you know, a, a, an eight hour mediation, as in last week or whatever, yeah. right. or I'm going and going and going and going and going. I can't stop and be a part of any type of system. On Thursdays, we do this, because my I'm so up in the air. Court right. could be any day. See, that's a problem. You need to that, that and that's well, it, right? I can't like figure you, it out, because I'm not going to yeah. hire someone to do what I don't need them to do. Yeah. No, and that's what you got to step back and look, right? Like, the whole process might seem amazing, you know, as a whole, but there might be those couple of spots that, you know what, we're having issues here, where mm-hmm. you have to hire somebody else or move somebody else. And mm-hmm. I think that's right. a key to do all the times, look at your business. Well, I mean, guys, look, if you're going to start a business, I wish you well. Um, I, you know, if you're in business, hopefully you picked up some stuff today and said, man, maybe I need to take a look at this. I need to figure out what I'm doing. Um, I need to figure out where I'm spending money, where I'm getting money. Am I budgeting money? money? Do I have goals? Am I doing all the things I need to be doing? Am I relying on one thing far too much? Yeah. yeah, which is the worst. I mean, I have one customer that pays me all this money. I'm going to quit my job here and don't do that. Yeah, you better have your outs. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this and hopefully you'll come back next week. I have a new sign off. Ready? I, it's, it's, it's like the new tagline I'm going oh, with. You ready? Let's hear it. Here it is. Hope you guys enjoyed this. If you're watching us on YouTube, man, smash that like, subscribe button, hit notify button. Let us know if you're listening to us on any of the podcast things that we're on. Uh, make sure you give us the maximum amount of stars. That's the easy way to put it. Every little bit helps. It's good. And remember, guys, thanks for listening to Power Move. If you're going to move, move forward. We'll see you next time. Make it powerful. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.